And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Hello there, movie lovers. Good to see you again at Greenlight Reviews. I'm Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And today, Ann, we're going to discuss a film very simply entitled Harry Brown. Mm -hmm. It stars Michael Caine as Harry Brown. Sir Michael Caine. Sir Michael Caine. You betcha. You betcha. But he's not much of a sir in this movie. Sir Lee. Yes. He is in his mid-70s, Harry Brown is, as is Michael Caine, by the way. In the first five minutes of the film, his wife dies, and his best friend, his really only friend, is murdered by a gang of street toughs. So Harry Brown decides to pick up a gun, go out, and kill all the guys who killed his friend. Mm-hmm. That's about it. That's exactly what it is. Everybody has seen or knows about Death Wish and Death Wish 2 and Death Wish 3. And you probably know about The Brave One with Jodie Foster a couple of years ago. The same kind of thing, except in sure. this one, we have a very elderly man. Sort of like Clint Eastwood in Grand Torino. Yes. It's similar to that kind of a character. Absolutely. I've always considered Michael Caine one of our great great movie actors, but he is not surrounded by a really good movie this time. At the beginning of the film, he is shown to us to be desperately lonely. Yeah, I guess so. And I started feeling bad for him, except it went on for so long, just his being lonely and shuffling around and sitting in his own apartment. Oh, it's an agonizing portrayal of being old in a bad section in London. I couldn't stand this movie. (laughs) Okay. And I know you didn't like it much either. I didn't like it much. I liked watching him. I also was looking forward to the appearance of Emily Mortimer, who plays a Scotland Yard detective. Detective Alice Frampton. Everybody Mm -hmm. else in the film I have never heard of. I don't think you have either. No. They're all British actors. No. They're hard to understand sometimes. About the plot for a second here. Yeah. We see that the character Michael Caine plays lives in what I would call a project. Yes. It's called the estate. It's anything but royal. It is in a downtrodden section of London. And he has a pretty ratty apartment there. But he tries to do the best with his life that he he can. And of course, after his wife passes away, he is, as you said, less, even more desperate. I think it's important to note that there is a tunnel nearby that he can spot from his window in the yes, apartment. Sure. A gang of tufts hangs out in that tunnel. And because they blocked his way through that egress, he was unable to get to the hospital in time to say goodbye to his terminally ill wife. Right. So that begins his anger towards them. Then when his very good friend, Lenny, with whom he plays chess every day down yes. in the dark and dank and, again, a very lonely bar, when his friend Lenny decides to take on these tufts because of some horrible things that have been done to him, he is then killed in the process, and that then is the straw that breaks the camel's back as far as the Michael Caine guy is concerned. Now we have Harry Brown. Should we call him Dirty Harry Brown? He is ready <laughs> to go in there and wipe this scum off off the face of the earth. That's right. Unfortunately, there are only those few incidents that motivate him. I think that that's part of the problem with the movie. Had they had more examples of just how upsetting the youth in this particular area where Harry Brown lives, how they were treating him and other people of his age, bullying him or hassling him, generally making his life miserable, we might begin to understand his need for revenge. But it's not 
quite enough in the movie. Well, it wasn't enough for me, Anne. I kept thinking to myself, are you insane? This elderly man, and, you know, I'm not that far from Michael Caine's age, but he looks in this film very, very elderly. Well, I think they play him closer to 80 or in his early 80s, not in his mid-70s. Yeah. And he has definitely gone into, you know, a much more senior citizen appearance. However, and here's another flaw in this movie, Les, he comes off like he's eating spinach five times a day and working out all the time. He's an ex-Royal Marine, for gosh sakes. And all of a sudden, he's going to take on all of these kids, even though he's elderly. In other words, nothing really pulls together or makes sense in this movie. That's right. That's a big flaw. Okay. He needs a gun. He doesn't have a gun. Correct. He goes out to buy a gun from some of these punks. Right. He goes into their depraved world, unarmed. Yes. And the guy, after threatening to shoot him, says, okay, follow me. He follows him into a greenhouse where they're growing marijuana. Right. And they go to a back room where is this totally drugged out young woman who is being sexually abused by anybody who shows up. Right. And he still just wants the gun. Finally, he uses the gun to get out of there, and that begins the violence. And the last half of the film is very, very violent. It's okay. I've seen films like this before. I enjoyed The Brave One very much. I kind of enjoyed the first Death Wish, too. I did, too. I think those movies, while they're not my favorite genre, at least I understood the motivation behind the characters. Exactly. Wanting to avenge and seek revenge. But in this movie, I don't get that. And I don't think that the moralizing tone of this kind of self-righteous justice is okay. Just because Harry Brown wants to wipe off the scum of the earth, and believe me, the youth in this movie are portrayed as totally ratty, depraved people. Oh, they're horrible. They're disgusting. They're the bottom of the barrel. You cringe every time you see them on the screen. But I don't think that that entitles any human being to be above the law. And Harry Brown goes into that mode with a lot of ease. Also, I think that the law in this movie is depicted as pretty much inexperienced and inept. And that's another problem with the script. I don't think that Emily Mortimer is able to bring anything to the role. It's another thankless, luckless role that she has. Very underwritten. Very much so. You know, you see the gangs, they feel that they're entitled to do whatever they want to, to whomever they wish in the early part of the movie. And they do it with a kind of very detached, cold attitude. But then here you have the hypocritical Harry Brown, who does exactly to those kids what they did to his friend. He offs them with that same kind of iciness and that same kind of detached manner. Who's guiltier in this movie? Who's the really bad guy? Who's the good guy? It's very fuzzy in this picture, and I don't think the moral tone works at all. It didn't work for me either. The only thing in this film that worked for me is watching Michael Caine. He is one of our great, great film actors, and this is a very good performance in a very, very underwritten film. By the way, the director is Daniel Barber, and the writer is Gary Young. I don't know either of those two names. They are British, obviously. So I did like watching Michael Caine, at least through most of the film. I didn't like the rest of it at all. Uh Uh-uh, I didn't. I think the movie is an exercise in violence and cruelty and some self-righteous moralizing. For me, Harry Brown is just another rancid X-rated film that masquerades as an intellectual art film hoping to fool the audience. I don't think they'll go for it. Michael Caine, you deserve better than Harry Brown. Red light.
Okay, because of Michael Caine and, and because I have really hung on his every film since he made Alfie, and because he is so wonderful and he acts what little he is given here, I'm giving this film a very, 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 very flickering yellow light. But I recommend this only to people who are huge Michael Caine fans. I think they'll be disappointed in what surrounds Michael Caine in this movie and that they will run to rent something worthy in his stellar and fantastic movie career. So I disagree with you on that one, Les. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. But I do agree with you on people renting other things. I would certainly recommend The Man Who Would Be King with Sean Connery and Michael Caine. Wow, what a great film that is. So a red light from Anne and a faint yellow light from me for Harry Brown. Oh boy, I'm so looking forward to seeing a film where I can laugh or at least smile or at least relax. Mm. I hope the next one will be that and I hope all of you will check in to find out what we thought about it. Until that time, I'm Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that we're going to run into all of you at the movies. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place. The sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.